It's Saturday of the second week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. The Roman station today is Santi Marcellino e Pietro. Constantine the Great, built here on the Via Labicana, which runs in the very same place as it did in ancient times and with the very same name, a church in honor of these two martyrs. And he had his mother, St. Helena, buried here in a porphyry tomb. Like most churches, it underwent many restorations over the centuries. This one, however, was at one point entirely demolished and a new one built in 1754. St. Peter of this pair was an exorcist. He was imprisoned during the persecutions by Diocletian, and he wound up converting his jailers. The priest, Marcellinus, then baptized them. Eventually, they were both beheaded. It is possible that this pair of saints, even though they weren't brothers, nevertheless influenced the mass formulary in respect to the readings, for the extraordinary form, of course. The first reading is about Esau and Jacob, while the second, the gospel reading, is the parable of the prodigal son, which also has two brothers. In the ordinary form, the gospel has remained the same, though the parallel was lost in the first reading. Marcellinus and Peter are mentioned in the Roman canon, and for those of you who are interested in the fathers of the church, we have 20 sermons from Pope Gregory the Great, the great saint who died in 604, which he preached in the ancient church of Saints Marcellinus and Peter. From Meditations for Each Day by Antonio Cardinal Bacci. The alchemists of old were searching for a legendary stone which would transform metal into gold. This stone does not exist, of course, but in the supernatural order, the spirit of prayer really can change everything to gold. When they are accompanied by this spirit, all our actions are most pleasing to God and draw his further favors. Blessed Maria Assunta Pallotta understood this truth clearly and put it into practice in her life. She tended animals, served in the kitchen, and was a missionary in China, but no matter what she was doing, she was moved by the spirit of prayer and of the love of God. I ask God, she wrote to her parents, to spread throughout the world that purity of intention which consists in performing our most ordinary actions for the love of God. Let us follow this example. Let us put into practice this great rule of the spiritual life. Then all our actions will be an acceptable prayer ascending to God. There are certain psychological and spiritual conditions which are essential for the discovery of truth, and the most important of these is the virtue of humility. Humility is not a want of moral force. Rather, humility is a recognition of the truth about ourselves. To explore the truth in all its complexity, there must come moments when we confess ignorance, when we frankly admit that we were mistaken or bigoted or prejudiced. These admissions are painful, but they actually enrich character just as much as all approximations to falsehood forfeit it. If we are proud, covetous, conceited, selfish, lustful, constantly wanting our own way, 
it is far better to come face to face with our own ugliness than live in a fool's paradise. Fulton Sheen The Collect of Holy Mass in the Extraordinary Form. Oremus. Da quesimus domine, nostris effectum iuniis salutarem. Ut castigatio carnis assumpta, ad nostrarum vegetationem transeat animarum. Let us pray. Grant that our fasting may be beneficial to us, we beseech you, O Lord, so that by chastening our flesh we may obtain strength for our souls. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. <laughs>